the Misfit Stars podcast. I'm Shannon Curtis. And I'm Jamie Hill. Hi, listeners. Hi, Shannon. Hi, honey. How's everyone doing today? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I'll tell you right at the outset, though, full disclosure, I'm loopy. I can't be held responsible for anything I say on this week's podcast. I'm barely holding it together. It's not like it's going to be recorded or anything and broadcast out to whomever wants to listen. Well, thank God. I'll tell you what, it's nearly dinner time. I'm still out to lunch. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. So, people, uh, later on in this episode, we are going to be talking about The Reckoning. We got this really interesting listener question from uh, from Scott, and Scott wanted to know about this song of Shannon's. So, we're going to talk about it. It's a song from last year's album, uh, but that's... Which I, came out 30 years ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally. Um, but I love it that we get to kind of dive back into the space, the mind space we were in last year. Yeah. Uh, to talk about The Reckoning. So yeah. that's coming up in the second half of today's episode. I think that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, people, I am duty-bound to tell you that Misfit Stars is a listener-supported podcast. It sure is. And who's the listeners, you might ask? Well, it's you. You're listening. You're, it's you. So if you're already supporting the work that Shannon and I do in the world via the Misfit Stars community, thank you so you much. You are the most awesome person on the entire planet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love you. Yeah. Jeez, thanks. <laughs> and if you're not, we love you too, but here's the deal. You could be doing more. Oh, no, <laughs> no. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no. Oh, That's not the right frame for no. it. But here, Try again. Rewind. Yeah. Here's the right frame for it. Shannon and I do a whole bunch of work in the world. You're probably aware of it. Uh, the podcast is an obvious thing that we give to, to the community free of charge every week. Uh, you know, we do a lot of mentorship. We do a lot of supporting other people. We make albums of new music and just put them out into the world for free for people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also give people opportunities to support us via the albums. You know, we go on tour and, you know, we'll when we can go well, on when tour. When we can. <laughs> can't, well, this year, can't last year, but eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, we also do a whole bunch these days of what we do in the world on a community supported basis, which is great because what it does is it untethers the work that we do from any kind of financial quid pro quo. And it enables us to do a lot of things just for the good of doing them. Right. Like to be able to identify what a, what a gift really to be able to identify the things that we have gifts and talents in as individuals and to like figure out ways to use those for the benefit of others. It's great. And like, because because we have a community that supports what we do, we're able to do that, which is just really lovely. And so, Misfit Stars, thank you Thanks, for people. that. And you know, one of the things that Shannon and I have developed a talent for over the last 15 years is developing and nurturing community. And so, uh, to that end, I want you to know that when you become a supporting member of Misfit Stars, we will give you a private, personal invite to our new Misfit Stars social network. Which is awesome! Yeah, and if you're like, wait, wait, what? Yeah, we started our own social network. It's not on Facebook. It's something that acts sort of similarly to Facebook. It feels familiar yeah. in the ways that Facebook does. You can, you can post. There's a timeline. There's messaging. There's all that stuff. But it's kind of better because there's not that algorithm constantly working in the background to make you do what Facebook wants you to <laughs> there's do. There's no evil. There's no ads. There's no data harvesting. It's not trying to make you angry to there's, increase quote-unquote engagement. There's no assholes. It's just good people wanting to have good conversations with each other. It's really it's lovely. It's really lovely. Yeah. <laughs> and so you, you, you raise a good point, which is that, listener, if you're an asshole, please don't sign up. <laughs> we don't want you in there. I'm so sorry. But like work on yourself, become a better person. <laughs> and then once you've done that, go to misfitstars.com slash join and get signed up. We'll embrace you. We'll welcome you with open arms. Uh, but until then, just stay away. It's not for you. But if you're a good person, which probably anyone listening <laughs> to this podcast would be, right? <laughs> Also, everyone's a protagonist in their own story, right? Well, like, right. how do you know when you're the asshole? Yeah, 
nobody is like, I'm the asshole. Yeah. yeah I'm, it's me. Hardly yeah. anyone is that. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Well, and I'll, here's, here's the thing also. Like, like this group is also full of people who, who know that they don't have all their shit together. Yes. It's called like, misfit stars for a reason, people. Yeah. It's not called perfectly well-adjusted stars. You might have noticed. It's right in the name. <laughs> exactly. And that's part of the beauty of it is that we are humans that are figuring out how to be better humans all yeah. the time. And we're doing that in community with each other. Us too. Me and Shannon also. You oh know my what God. I mean? We don't have all the answers, but we are committed to searching for them. Yeah, and, and committed to being open to learning and growing and doing better. I heard the best quote, and it's nothing new. I've heard it before, but I heard it this week. I was just reminded of it. It was brought to the forefront of my mind again, and that's, uh, I, I don't want to be right. I want to get it right. Yeah, I, I, I mentioned it's Brene Brown, and I mentioned uh, it on our Zoom meetup, which we're going to talk yes. about in a second. But yeah, like, yeah, I don't want to be right. I want to get it right. Like, it's not about, like, entrenching. It's not about entrenching your stance on... No on an issue or on, on how you've approached your life. It's about continually reevaluating what you could get better. Yeah. How you could do better. Yeah. You know? It's not about buttressing your ego. Yeah. It's about nurturing your id. Well, thank you for that. That's Thanks, Dr. Freud. Diving into philosophy. I love it. <laughs> well, psychology more really, but yes. <clears throat> Got it. Well, you know, and, and, and the Misfit Stars group is that. It is, you know, we are not perfect beings. None of us. No, we are perfect. We are perfect. Yeah, we're all, each of us perfect people. Exactly. But also, Including you, asshole listener. We, that's right. But we realize that there are constantly ways that we can just be doing better for ourselves and for each other in the world. And so this group is, is really about that, and I love them for it. And if you want to join that group... If you want to be part of a community that is that is that is characterized by those things, we would love to have you. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, if you are a listener of this podcast, you are already attached somewhat to this world. And all you got to do is take that next little step of going to misfitstars.com slash join mm -hmm. and become a supporting member of the podcast, a supporting member of Misfit Stars, a supporting member of this community that supports what Jamie and I are up to in the world, yeah. all the things. Um, and then be invited into that inner circle. Yeah. Of goodness. You'll get something great for yourself and you'll help us perpetuate our work by doing it. Yep. And both of those we think are good things. Win, 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 win. Right on. Mm -hmm. End of ad. Right on. So, uh, announcements. Announcements, announcements, announcements. I love how that song has just become like a feature now. Like, it's lovely. Yeah, it's great. Science I think camp. I, yeah, it is. It's from science camp. I think you actually have the first announcement today. Oh, yes, I do. And it's this. People, if you have a story that you would like to share for all posterity, uh, either about someone who showed up in an extraordinary way over this last year for you or your community, or about how you showed up for yourself, mm -hmm. maybe in a way that surprised you, maybe you rose to the moment, maybe mm -hmm. you found a wellspring of resilience within yourself that you didn't know you had and you used it for good in your life. It is worth celebrating that. Yeah, if any of the things I've just described is something that you're like, yeah, I do have an anecdote about that. Uh -huh. Please share it with us. Shannon and I, as part of our 2020 101 album project, are continuing on an ongoing basis for this 101 day period to collect and archive stories at 202101.net. Uh, first of all, if you haven't been to 202101.net, oh. like... The story archive is growing. We're three songs in at this point, which means that there are three song pages, each of which is mm -hmm. just like this amazing little container of people's experience, strength, and hope from the last year. It's so cool. Like you, so you've been the one that 
has been collecting the stories and archiving them. So you read all of them as they come in. Yeah. I'm not involved in that part of the process. I do, you know, ask people to, to um, contribute stories. So I'll see like little snippets on social media or whatever. Uh, but I, I, I get the experience of like every couple of days and I usually do it right before bed yeah. of going to 2020101.net and just popping open the stories and see what's new. And it's, it is always, every single time I do it, I always feel just lifted. I feel connected. It's a really lovely experience yeah, to be able to, to, to be witness to the stories that people have shared uh, so far in this project. It's really, really cool. And if you've got something to share, we would love for you to be part of it. Yeah. Um, this is just going to be a lasting uh, document of our collective experience of the year 2020, which, holy cow, what a year. Yeah. Yeah. So participate if you'd like to, people. You can email me a story at jamie at misfitstars.com. That's probably the easiest way to do it. Mm -hmm. So uh, really, anything you want to say, if you want to just like write a couple of lines, a couple of people have done that, and that's great. Just a little snapshot. Love it. Yeah. If you want to write a thousand words, we've had people who have done (laughs) that too. Totally. And, And, you know, either is really, really great, and we embrace all of it. And the way it shows up on the website is that like it's a 55-word preview. So if you write... 55 words, it'll just be there. If you write 1,055 mm-hmm. words, the first 55 words will be there. But you won't be taking up extra space or clogging anything right. if you write long. So write as much as you'd like to. Yeah. And if it needs to have a little continue reading link, it'll get automatically generated. Yeah. And it's not a big deal. So uh, you'll get your own little private page mm-hmm. on our uh, 2020101.net website. I love that. It's really cool. And that's actually a really neat thing for you too, is that after you send me your story, it gets posted and you have this little link that's just like for your own page there and that's really magical it is really cool it's like your own little personal bit of our thing yeah all right yeah uh how about you any announcements from you the only announcement i have uh this week is that we have an our song four from the 2020 101 project is coming out on thursday this week so by the time this podcast airs that means tomorrow (laughs) so future me is like Uh, counting down toward the completion of that song. We've been Future me is hoping I did good work tonight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we are, uh, I, I brought the song to Jamie a couple days ago. Uh, it is well on its way. Yep. We're, we're, we're cruising toward the deadline just fine. Yeah. But Thursday, Thursday's the day it'll come out. We will, uh, of course, immediately um, post uh, a link to it in our Misfit Stars social network. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who are in Misfit Stars uh, will we'll send you a transmission email and also post it in the social network. We, we'll just send you a direct link to download it because yep. this is work that you have supported and we want you to just have it. Uh, we, but we, just otherwise, have a, we have an ongoing Dropbox folder for this album for our Misfit Stars community. And right. we just keep adding the new songs to it. So they don't even need the new link. We, we repost it. Yeah. But it's just like this growing resource mm-hmm. for anyone who still collects MP3s. Well, you just get them. Yeah. And aside from that, uh, we've been exclusively releasing these songs on Bandcamp, which is a great, very artist-friendly uh, music, on, online music service. Yeah. Um, they you can, you can buy physical albums there. We don't have physical albums of this this album yet, but Not yet. um but you can buy physical albums, you can buy digital, you know, albums or or songs. You can uh, and it's also a streaming uh yeah. it's a streaming alternative as they well. They have their own app, it's great. They it's a really I we just we we were excited to be able to to release we had to we had to do these exclusive releases on Bandcamp uh be, like we were kind of like forced to because 
for whatever reason, our online distributor takes forever to get stuff up on all the other streaming music services. It's really funny it's, because we have this really high-end distributor. We're like the smallest yeah. person on them. We kind of got... We got we got an invite like in 2007 from someone who, a, a random friend who happened to be involved in helping set up a precursor to this company, and we've just been grandfathered in. Right. We shouldn't by rights be in there. It's it's made for like people who are much 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 bigger than <laughs> it's us. True, but also it should it should go a lot faster than it does with them. TuneCore can get stuff up. CD Baby I can get know. stuff up in like four hours. This company, no joke, takes about two weeks. Yeah, which, it's just pathetic. It is pathetic. We've learned this over the last year, many years, and it's. Whatever, it is what it is. But knowing this and knowing that that, that, that setup would not work at all no. for the, the structure of the 2020 we're project. We're moving quickly, people. We're writing, recording, and releasing a new song every 10 days. So, so we don't have two weeks to wait to get it no, up online. we don't. This is real time. And so we, need, we needed a real time solution. Well, Bandcamp, it was such a great opportunity to highlight Bandcamp because of this structure that we're doing on this, in this, these releases. Um, Yes, the songs, we do send them to the other streaming services, and I think a couple of them are already up there, but yeah. they lagged by like two weeks. Yeah. You know what I songs mean? Songs one and two, I think, are okay. up. Song three just got approved like yesterday. Yeah, so like that's why we're highlighting Bandcamp. What a great thing, though, because it is actually a very artist-friendly uh, platform, and we like to push people there as often as we can. So With streaming, we get like fractions of a penny. I mean, like hundreds of a penny per stream. On like Spotify and Apple mm -hmm. Music and stuff like that. With Bandcamp, we get 85% of the sale price. It's amazing. It's just shockingly good. Yeah. It's so artist-friendly. What it, a good deal. It is. So, uh, so Thursday's the day. New song coming out. We will be diving into the, that song on next week's podcast, mm -hmm. uh, but we're not going to say hell of a song anything too. more about it I'll, right I'll say now. that. I'll say it's a hell of a song. Okay, that's great. Can't stop me. Cool. <laughs> that is it for announcements. Good. And yeah. So how are you feeling today, sweetheart? You know, um, I feel good. I feel good today. Good. The sun is shining. It's really nice out. It is. Spring is coming. Um, my body feels good. Uh, my, I, I, yeah, I'm doing well. I, I, I don't have a whole lot more to say. I think yesterday I was experiencing a little kind of like self-induced anxiety. Mm. Like not anxiety, I don't know, just, I was not, I was not feeling super centered yesterday, mm. but I feel much better today. Good. So good. Any I'm feeling, idea what that was about? No, I think it was, I think it was related to like when we, when we get to, when we work on new music, mm -hmm. I get so excited, right? Yes. Like, yeah. and so sometimes when like our schedule uh, means that we can't start doing the work on the music until like later in the day than I had hoped, <sighs> I, I get like about it sometimes. And so too. I get impatient and, and then that impatience kind of grows. I, I just think I didn't really do a great job yesterday afternoon of just being patient and centering myself and allowing things to happen moment by moment. I mm. think I was a little bit, maybe a little bit too graspy mm. about it all. Mm. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah. So, but I feel much better today. Good. So, yeah. How right. about you? How are you feeling? Good. Uh, tired as hell. I mean, you and I worked <laughs> until 4.30 in the morning last night. Yeah. And I mean, like, like, doing music actively in the studio, problem solving at like 4.31 a.m. Yes. Uh, you know, we didn't get to sleep until 6. late. It was yeah. a little bit late. And there's no amount of time that you can sleep. Like if you sleep from 6 until 3 p.m., you wake up, you still feel tired. Yeah. You can get your 9. It's just everything's screwed up. 
We did not get nine. No, (laughs) it was Uh, a shortened night. It was a shortened night. You know, that all said, like, I feel fine. Like, I'll be able to go the distance again tonight. I'm just a little bit loopy. Sure. Which is fun and fine, kind of, you know? I know I'm entertaining (laughs) to you when I'm like that, so that's at least a bonus. It's true. I get to do a lot more giggling. Yeah. But yeah, no, generally uh, doing super good. Good. I'm so glad to hear it. Well, then let's fire up the good news machine. Let's do that. Um, we, we've been, this, this has been a great exercise of like taking a little, jotting down little notes of things that feel like good news to us throughout the week that we get to sort of announce uh, at the podcast. So what's yours? What do you have? Mine is that Deb Holland was confirmed for Secretary of the Interior. That is now, such good news. This is a nerdy note, people. I recognize that. Who follows cabinet appointments? Well, I do, because I'm a <laughs> dork, okay? Well, because it actually matters to real people's lives well, who's in leadership positions like seriously, that. Seriously, this is kind of part of where the rubber meets the road in terms of how politics intersect with our lives. Well, and why is this particular appointment so uh, so significant? It's significant because Deb Holland is a Native American woman, mm-hmm. and she is the first Native ever to serve uh, as Secretary of the Interior. She's the first Native person to serve on a cabinet-level secretary, period. That's right. But man, is it significant that she is heading up Interior mm-hmm. because Interior is directly responsible for Indian affairs, as they mm-hmm. call them. Right. Um, and that is a huge, huge I don't deal. I th- think they actually call that call them that anymore, do they? Has it changed? I, I think it probably has. I hope I it has. I haven't heard of it changing. I, I was reading about an article yesterday where they mentioned it. Oh, okay. It could have been a historical name because they were talking about yeah, historical context. It must have been yeah. a historical name, yeah. Regardless, like the Indian Affairs uh, Department has had a really, really bleak past going back to like the 1860s, I mean, 1850s. The United States has a bleak history yeah. with Native people. I mean, we have this country has treated Native people horribly. Yes, that's true. But, you know, that aside, to the specifics of the Department of the Interior, like the department, like, so Indian Affairs used to be managed under the Army, right? Right. They got separated out and put under the Department of the Interior uh, a long, long, long time ago, in like 1850s, I think, Mm -hmm. uh, because the way the Army dealt with (laughs) Indian Affairs was just to have war with Indians because they're an Army. Of course, like, what do you you expect is going to happen when the Army's in charge of it? If you've got a hammer. That's right. Yeah. Every Native American looks like nail. Yeah. And so that was bad. And so the thinking at the time, you know, 170 years ago was if we put uh, Indian Affairs under the Department of the Interior, it'll be run by civilians, not by the military. It'll be better. But what it turned into was just this... A corrupt, um, absolute, just Oh, it's the worst. Gross. It was just like a breeding ground for corruption. So the way that the department works is there's the Department of the Interior, that's the federal you know agency that manages it, and then there are all these local sub-agencies. Mm-hmm. And the way it basically worked is that the appointments, the people who got to run those you know state-level mm-hmm. agencies, it was always just cronies. And they would take the budget that was given to them by the federal government to manage, like, to to provide, like, the stuff that we had been promising the Native Americans, like, by treaties. Because, like, we would take their land and then we would give them a treaty being like, we'll give you this much food and we'll give you, we'll give you food and clothing and shelter as mm-hmm. a, to compensate for the stuff that you can't do for yourself anymore now that we've taken your land. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, so it wasn't payment. It was sort of like a welfare system, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in, on an ongoing basis. But it was done in block grant which right. is typically how money goes from the federal government to the states, right? Like it's just a chunk of money and then the state level person gets to administer it. Well, the state level person would just find some crony of theirs to provide them with the cheapest possible like moldy meat, rags, like mm-hmm. just 
just, just like rejects, like right. stuff you wouldn't give a right. white person, right. you know? And then they would pocket the difference. And they would use that money, they would kick some of it back up the chain to the person who gave them that gig mm-hmm. to, to help th- their reelection campaigns. Right. It was just the most possible most corrupt possible situation. And, you know, in in all of this, I mean, the the rights of the Native Americans and the welfare of Native Americans was just, like, not even considered at all. Oh, God. It was just like, oh, well, no one cares about, no one cares about Indians. We're just going to take the money that's meant for their programs and do what we white people feel like, Mm -hmm. you know, and enrich ourselves and enrich our friends. And That is our history, folks. Yeah, so that's a deal. Mm -hmm. And so to have someone, you know, as head of the Department of the Interior, who's not just amenable to Native American rights, but who is, in fact, herself a Native American. She's a 37th generation wow. New Mexican. Wow. 37 freaking generations. That's amazing. I mean, that's going back hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. That's that's really cool. Like, white people who have been in this country, like, like I've got a pretty good lineage here, and I think it goes back nine generations, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? 37 generations. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking I mean, about like the Middle Ages. Right. <laughs> this is ridiculous. somebody who now occupies an office that is a, that, you know, the Department of the Interior that one, one aspect of which has to do with Native American affairs. Yeah. Who not just understands, but like embodies the, the needs, desires, wishes, and, and of, of the native community. Yeah. Like this, it's not just about like a, a face that looks like native. It's not just about representation, right? It like, which is important in I, and I, of it, itself. It's not just about tokenism. Right. It is, but it is about um, having somebody who with actual power, uh, who has experience with firsthand experience with the needs of native communities in the country and, and who will be able to influence policy it's going so forward. Good. It is so good. She's also, here's the, a, the Department of Interior also is uh, in charge of, of managing federal lands. Yes, that's right. And I was just going uh, to mention that. Okay. And so here's why that's great, right? Because when you talk about managing federal lands, there's two ways to do it. There's the way that protects it and conserves it. There's national parks and you preserve as much as possible for future generations, mm-hmm. right? And then there's the part of it, the Republican part, let's be honest, <laughs> that wants to just auction it off to the highest bidder to rape drill and pillage. The, the drill is, con- you know, yeah. We're going to drill or we're going to strip mine, mine or yeah. we're going to do whatever. We're going to exploit the natural resources for temporary financial gain. Right. And then when it's done, they're ruined and that's that. You right, know? right. Uh, because uh, Deb Holland is a native person, mm-hmm. like her people's relationship to the land is a sacred one. I mean, that's the tradition that she grew mm-hmm. up in. This idea that you work with the land, you leave as little of a mark upon it as mm-hmm. possible. You just pass through it as silently as you can, working in harmony with it because the earth is your mother and she nurtures you and you should nurture her back. Imagine if the human race would actually treat earth that way. We could, with all this like space exploration that we've been doing, right? Like landing on Mars. It's cool. Like I love, I love space yep. related stuff, but like, you know, there's a significant part of people who are into that kind of work that really believe that we need to establish like colonies out in outer space because earth's going to run out of resources. Well, how about if we just existed on earth in a way like modeled after like the, the, the in the spirit of, you know, like the native people. Yeah. What and native just... peoples everywhere, not just Native Americans. Exactly. Like indigenous South Americans, mm-hmm. uh, you know, indigenous tribes in Africa. Like, 
Indigenous people, generally speaking, like have this right. It is possible to have a modern society that functions in a way that is harmonious with a functional, a functioning Earth planet. Yeah, it's sustainability culture. Yeah. We just need more of that. And so to have a person in charge of all of the decisions that are being made about federal land, who approaches it from the point of view of the land is our mother. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's good for all of us. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter like where you're at politically. It's good for you. It's better for all of us to have land that is treated better and pillaged less Mm -hmm. so we have cleaner air and better land Mm. for your grandchildren. Yes. It is good for all of us. It's so great. So that's my good news. What's yours? Well, I was kind of mad at you because that was the first thing on my good news list too. So that's okay. I'm going to take half credit for that one. Okay. Okay. (laughs) No, but I have other good news on my list uh, this week. Um, My, first of all, my first one is personal. I physically... I feel great for the first time in weeks. I had a really, I struggled for many weeks, like well over a month. I kind of lost track of time with some ongoing, like recurring, like serious pain issues. Like muscle cartilage, something in there, something in the rib area, shoulder back area. I, I, I had to prop myself up in weird positions to sleep. I had to take away too many anti-inflammatories. You couldn't breathe deeply for like seven days. Yeah. There was just a lot of stuff going on. And I, you know, I, I had been in, you know, I couldn't breathe deeply because I had like sharp pains, you know, when I would, so yeah, it, I, I, I consulted my doctor. I have an appointment for, with my doctor at the end of March. <laughs> and now that my symptoms have all cleared up, I'll get to go to the doctor and be like, so I'm feeling fine, but what the heck? Yeah. And I, I'll probably Let's have still... a retrospective chat yeah. about what was going on with me a month ago when you couldn't see me. Yeah, I don't, I don't really, um, I, yeah, I don't know, have any idea what happened or what was going on, but I can tell you that it's gone. It's been gone now for many days. Mm-hmm. I, I feel for the last like four days that I have my body back. That's like that. That's the feel. The over the pervasive feeling. Oh, that's good. Is that I have my body back, and I didn't even realize, even though I was in the middle of struggling with with the pain issues and the discomfort and all that kind of stuff, I, I hadn't even really considered it in those terms. But now I just feel like I can be in my body the way I'm used to. And it's just really great. Like, it feels really great. Mm -hmm. I do not take for granted my health. Oh, my God. Like Like that hair metal band said in 1989, you don't know what you got till it's gone. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly it. Mm -hmm. So that's my first piece of of good news. My second one is uh, just... I keep I keep reading this every day. We are just day after day, we as a country, I should say, uh, the United States, we are day after day after day shattering our daily coronavirus vaccine uh, numbers. Yep. Like every day it's, you know, it's more millions of people who were vaccinated on that day than there were the day before. It That's is amazing. so great. Yeah. It is such good news. You know, uh, yeah, I just, uh, what, what wonderful news. It's, it just feels like, forward progress. Yes, it, it does. feels like, I mean, we are not out of this. We are not out of this. Mm-mm. Like I was reading an article this morning that Italy has shut down again. Like one, Which probably means we're going to be shut down in about three and a half weeks. Well, I don't, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Their vaccination rollout in Europe is, is more hampered yep. than I think it has been here. Um, but there are obviously different factors, but yeah, think about it. A year ago, we were watching Italy. Remember a year ago from right now, yeah, we were hearing, reading reports out of Italy about overrun hospitals right. and and thinking, Triaging oh my God, that care. is, yeah. And like that, that, oh my goodness, that's what's headed our way. That, yeah. That's what we were, you know, preparing for a year ago here. Um, 
the fact that they've shut down again, you know, right now is it's it's alarming. You know, we're not out of this. Like I, I the, the <laughs> yes, millions of people getting vaccinated every day is a good good thing. Yeah, that there are some communities that are relaxing or doing away with social distancing and masking Insanity. efforts is absolutely. This is like this is like. <laughs> I don't know. It's like it's like you've it's like you've you've hit a home run and you're rounding the bases and you just decide to sit down on third base. You know what I mean? Mm. Like we're almost there. Yeah. We're almost there. We could just hang on a little bit longer. We're going to need to continue with masking and social distancing and not gathering in large groups for some time. You know what it's more like? What is it more like? It's more like You've got runners on second and third. <laughs> okay. Third, oh, and you're one run behind. I forgot to say this. Oh, you're one run you're behind. You're one run and, behind. Yeah, and it's the bottom of the ninth because oh. you're the home team and you're yeah. the bat. You're okay. one run behind, but you got people on second and third. There's two outs. Okay. And you hit a sharp single into the gap uh-huh. in a deepest right field. Yeah. And it's going to go into the corner, right? Like they for sure won't be able to throw out anybody at, at home plate. Okay. And so the runners from second and third, they will both score and you will win the game. All you got to do is get to first base and not get out. But what you do is you just drop your bat and you just stand there and you don't run to first and the guy gets the ball and throws it to first and gets you out. Right. That's, That's more like what this is like. That was a much more detailed analogy, uh, but I appreciate it. And, it, and it's more, it is more accurate. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's a dumbass move is yeah. what it is. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Like, but this is the thing. We're going to need all the things. We're going to need... With the vaccine, and, and the reason that we need to continue with this, these efforts is that the vaccine, or excuse me, the virus, as long as it continues to spread in the population, and you know, in case you haven't heard, it's still spreading like wildfire among people who haven't been vaccinated. Um, as long as it continues to spread, it has an opportunity to mutate, and we have these new strains that are figuring out. I mean, the, the, the whole thing with new strains is that that uh, when when more people when a new strain uh, is able to spread among a population when it has figured out how to overcome the obstacles that were stopping the old strain. Yeah. Right? So vaccines, you know, so far the studies say that the vaccines we've been taking are effective against these new strains. But guys, like as long as the virus is out there replicating from person to person to person, can make and, a new strain. and making new every every time the virus replicates, it has an opportunity for it to change its genetic code yeah. in a way that makes it more uh, spreadable or more lethal, and and or every, untreatable by the vaccine. Exactly. So we have to continue with all these things, and yeah. I, the fact that there are some leaders like the governor of Texas who went on TV last week and was like, all of our businesses are now going to be open 100%. You don't have to wear a mask anymore. But do your part. Like he's, You like want to know another sports metaphor? What? It's like spiking the ball on the five-yard line. Totally. You're just fucking it up. That's right. You're just, you're not there yet, pal. Yeah. yeah. It, is, it is not following the science. It is not like... I, fortunately, I've seen a lot of folks uh, and, and reports from people who live in Texas say, you know, that people who understand better than the governor what needs to be done are actually continuing with the the measures that they've, you know. But but you but know, what about the freedom loving patriots? Well, there's plenty of those. Those those have been with us this whole time and mm. have made this whole thing much more difficult. Mm. Um, 
Because, you know, they've got the freedom to do whatever the hell they want, even hell if yeah. it affects everybody else in a negative way. I, I just don't get it. Do you have the freedom to drive on the left side of the road? Do, do you have the freedom to go on to an off-ramp on the freeway? Do you, you have the freedom? Like, these are things... You're like, sounding like the Taliban right now, Shannon. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. USA. USA. Oh my God. <laughs> Trying to get a chant going on the pod. This is all, <laughs> this is, I, I digress because this is supposed to be the good news machine. Oh, right, right, right. It is still really good news that we are vaccinating people left and right. And I, uh, that's I'm, right. This isn't the rant machine. It's not. It's what not. What are you doing? It was both and. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so yeah, this last week, what have we been up to this last week? You know, uh, we had an amazing Misfit Star Zoom meetup. <sighs> it was Gosh. wonderful. Best one yet. Every single month I say, that was the best one yet. Yeah. And it's just because our people are getting more comfortable with and familiar with one another. Yeah. And the conversation just started immediately this it time. It flowed. Free flowing. And it's, just so everyone's so smart and kind and wonderful. And I just love it and so much. Curious yeah. And curious uh, and, and wanting to reach out to one another. It's really just, it was so lovely. <laughs> if a listener is listening to this and you're like, Misfit Star Zoom meetup, what are you even talking about? This is for people who are supporting members of what Shannon and I do. So misfitstars.com slash join. Uh, one of the things you get as a supporting member of, of our Misfit Stars community is once a month, we have the Misfit Stars Zoom meetup and you can just come. You just get the link and you can just come and hang out. It's a three hour long thing and we just have a free form conversation with whomever is there. Mm-hmm. And it's just the best thing. And some people come and stay the full three hours and then there's some that, because it's you know three hours long, it's great because some people who can't arrive at the beginning pop in later or if they have to leave early, that's fine too. Yeah. You know? It's kind of like hanging out, like an open house for three hours. It's you know, just wonderful, and it's great. And uh, it was really, really cool. So we did that. Uh, we have started working on your new song, song four from the uh, twenty twenty one hundred one project. It's it's a really, really good song. This one was really, really, really hard for me. You and I were talking about this last night. Mm. Um, you know. So, songs sometimes want to move at different paces. Yeah. Sometimes, or at least with me, with my relationship to it, when I like approach a new song that's that's brand new to me and I've never heard it before. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it's immediately obvious. I can see the entire thing. I can hear in my mind what it wants yeah. to be at the end. Then I just got to get there. I just got to yeah. do the work. And sometimes it takes longer for a song to reveal itself to me, to make it yeah. to make itself known, like what it wants to be. Because I don't ever want to force a song to be something. I want to know what the song wants to be. Yeah. And, you know, the interesting thing about this project is that I don't have the luxury of reflection. Because if we're working on a whole album's worth of songs, if I come across a difficult one at some point along the way, and it happens with every record, Uh there's always one or two difficult ones, I can just like... Table it. Or or take it much more slowly. Yeah. You know, not work on it eight to 10 hours a day for three days, but just like work on it for, you know, two hours today. Two hours tomorrow. Let us sit for a few days. Come mm-hmm. back. Hear it with fresh ears. Mm-hmm. Sometimes things need time to permeate into my subconscious. Absolutely. And let that like hidden brain stuff happen. And I just don't have that luxury this time. Yeah. Which well, is very interesting to me procedurally. Yeah. I don't have that luxury in the writing phase either. Yeah. You know, which yeah. is a challenge. But that said, I was, I, I, and I mentioned this to you last night. I was, I've been having the thought over the last couple of days, man, like, at least I've had time with this song for, since, since you know, in, in, throughout the writing process and throughout my my process of recording my demo, yeah. you know, production stuff for it. Um, and I'm and I'm with it for a few days longer than you. You just have to jump in the pool and start swimming. Like, yeah. like there's it's it's and it's pretty remarkable that you're able to 
to start swimming right away. Like but it it's, was it's bumpy r- yesterday, wasn't it? Like yeah. I was, I had I had some difficulties for a few hours yesterday, and I was stressed out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. Yeah, we worked no. through it, and we ended up last night this morning at four thirty <laughs> in the morning. Four thirty one a.m. <laughs> With I think it's like when we pull it up tonight for work, I'm I'm excited to hear where we left it because I think we left it in a really good place. Yeah, good place I think that's right. I'm, yeah. I'm excited about it too. It's probably going to make me a better producer. It's probably going to make you a better writer. Just having to work on a schedule like this, no oh, excuses. Yeah, totally. You know, we just got to bang it out, get it done. Like no the song's excuses. due Thursday. It is. And that's that. <laughs> you know, it's 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 cool. It's yeah. a good, it's a good way to work. It's hard sometimes and there's definitely growing pains associated with it. Mm-hmm. But I think I can already see how it's like making me stronger. Mm-hmm. Sharpening me. Yeah, I, I get like it. That. You know, the biggest thing that happened to us happened with us this last week was completely out of the blue. And that is that we got vaccinated Holy with our hell. first dose of the Moderna vaccine yeah. last week. What day was that? It was, it was last Thursday. I can't even remember, remember what day it was now. Yeah. Thursday. Maybe it was Thursday. Um, yeah, we uh, we had. What were we doing? We had, we had very very rarely do we order food out. I I usually cook our meals at home. But yeah. we you had heard about this fish and chips place that was going out of business, and we wanted to go you know, grab some of that before they went out of business. And, and it, was, so, it was down on the water. It was a pretty night. We we're going to watch a sunset. Yeah. So Good we, excuse. So we ordered food. And as we were in the car driving to go pick up our food, um, we got a text from a friend who said, hey, I've got a friend who's been involved in this crowdsourcing effort to um, help people locate end-of-day leftover vaccine doses mm-hmm. from uh, like mass... Or any, mass vaccination mass, events. Mass vaccination events where... People had, who had had appointments canceled or no showed, yeah. and they've got these doses at the end of the day that they need to distribute. Yeah. Um, and so she she said, if you get to, if you can get to the Tacoma Dome in the next hour, you might be able to get vaccinated. And this we're was like, at five fifty two p.m. Holy cow! So the event we, ends at seven. We had to go get our food, which we did. We raced over and got our food. Uh, I thought that I would maybe need my ID and I hadn't brought it with me. Mm-hmm. And so we had to run back home and grab my ID. We got to the Tacoma Dome uh, parking lot at, do you About, even remember what time it was? I want to say it was right around 7. It was earlier than that. We got We got tops. there within the hour that, that our friend had texted us. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. really close. And, and, and we got in. We were, uh, I, I mean... I was I was astounded. Like, describe the event because like it was it was really really like well run. Yeah, so really the, well done. So the Tacoma Dome is uh, an arena, right? It's a place where they have all different kinds of uh, events. It's a multi-purpose facility, so they'll have you know concerts there, of course, or conventions we saw or uh, Michelle Obama speak there yep. last couple years they'll ago. Have book tours there. Uh, ACDC plays there mandatorily ten times a year. <laughs> No, that's not true. Uh, but it's that place, you know what I mean? And uh, it's a big dome. It's literally shaped like a dome. So it's, you know, like all arenas or places like that, it is the thing, and then the thing is surrounded by parking, parking lots. Parking lots, yeah. And so the way they had it was that you drive up this one road and you come into this parking lot, which they have set up to kind of like, you come in sort of a cattle call kind of thing, mm-hmm. a single file, but then it branches out and you can they'll direct your car to one of six lines. Yeah. And so your car's in the line. And for each line, they kind of do them in order. So this line is being let into the dome. And meanwhile, the line next to it, they're going with a clipboard and they're asking you questions and getting info. Temperature, and taking your temperature. Check, yeah. yeah. And it's all super orderly. There's a paper you got to fill out both sides of, just, you know, basic checkbox information just to make sure that you, you don't have, you know, inappropriate allergies or whatever. And, you know, within... I want to say 15 minutes of being in that line, our line, which was probably 
20 cars long, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. was, you know, released and we just drove single file into the Tacoma Dome. Inside, yeah. Because they have it set up so that there's all these different big, huge roll-top doors where you can just drive a semi in. Yeah. So that if, if you're like unloading staging or lighting yeah. or whatever it might be for the concert, you can just drive all the way into it, you of know? Of course. Like you don't even like drive up to a loading ramp like you, just, you usually do at most arenas. You just drive into the damn arena. Yeah. It's really, really cool. Yeah. And so the way they had it set up is you would just drive into the dome up to our little station. Uh-huh. You got vaccinated by the guy on the left. I, on the right, I got vaccinated by the guy on the left. Uh-huh. And then we drove out and the parking lot on the other side was being used as the 15-minute cooling off place. Yeah. Because if you're going to have an adverse reaction, it'll probably happen in the first 15 to 30 minutes. Yeah. And so they asked you, are you a 15-minute or a 30-minute or based on certain criteria? And mm-hmm. they put you in one of two little waiting lines. And then 15 minutes later, you take mm-hmm. off and go home or wherever you wanted to go. Yeah, it, it was, was amazing. Really it was well run. so well run. Turns out I wouldn't have needed my ID at all. Like nope. they don't, they're just trying to get shots in people's arms. So That's it. like, and this was the end of the day. So it doesn't even matter. They asked us if we had an appointment and we said no. And it didn't matter because they just needed to get rid of these shots at the end of the day. Right. Uh, so they're, they're not asking about, you know, eligibility. They're not asking for ID. They don't no. care. They, they ask if you have health insurance or not. I, I imagine that's just for some sort of like data collection. Demographic information. It doesn't information, matter yeah. really. It doesn't matter at all. Like no. you just show up and you get a vaccine. We would not have qualified to get vaccines until May. But, uh, and that may be moved up because it seems like the Biden administration is actually doing the things they should be doing in terms of funding and, yeah. you know, making the process work more smoothly. And we're seeing that increased capacity every day, like you were mentioning earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, we didn't have to wait for our tier in Washington state to be, to come up. Cause we're like tier five or whatever, you know, yeah. and they're on tier one B right now. We would, we're at the end of the line because we're in our forties and healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that doesn't matter when you're going for end of day shots. They just want warm bodies that haven't had, had a vaccine yet to, they want an arm to put it into so it doesn't go to waste because wasting vaccine doses when you're trying to vaccinate an, an entire, entire country population. <laughs> is really bad. And so, you know, I want to encourage anyone listening to this. You're not stealing someone else's spot if you get an end of no. day vote uh, dose. What you're doing is you are just moving the line up for everybody. You are making it so the dose that was supposed to go in your arm in three weeks, four weeks, whatever, will go sooner into someone else's arm. It's true. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. The point is to get all the doses into all the arms ASAP. And so if you can help save a dose from being thrown in the trash by getting it into your arm, go do it. Even yeah. if you're young and healthy, just go do it because you're helping with herd immunity. You're helping with everything that needs to happen to mm-hmm. make this work for everybody. Because we're racing against those variants of the virus that are being spread in places like Texas, like Shannon was talking about. Yeah, so, yeah. So, you know, and go get it done. strains are everywhere though, you know. And, you know, also like this this came out of nowhere and it was really, you know, I, I, I understand that um, the, the fact that we were able to find out about this end of day dose and get ourselves there uh, is largely because we are uh, well connected to people who have great connections with technology and yeah. are very, you know, internet savvy and that kind of thing. Like the, the reason that we got to go do that relies heavily on the privilege that we that we have in our lives. In, yeah, in certain- and we have a flexible schedule, and we yeah. work for because we work for ourselves, and yeah. we can just go do it. Yeah, and I am totally. I am. I am. I, I acknowledge the fact that uh, like that we our- have a car to jump into to go to the Tacoma Dome. Like, exactly. There are it. so many layers of privilege that made that that moment possible for yeah. us, uh, and also, you know, as as well as this event was run and how like just inc- inc- incredibly smooth it was. I will also acknowledge that the the 
overall rollout of vaccines has been very inequitable, yep. you know, um, and people who have access to technology, people who can, you know, uh, the, the, the grand irony is this in this is that like the people who were like the highest priority for vaccinations, like the, the older population are the least able to like find their way around like making appointments online. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's a, it's a really big mismatch. Um, and not to mention, you know, poorer communities that don't, have internet access, right. you know, like other communities do. Like the, the the rollout itself has been very spotty and frustrating, yeah. and and not not good in a lot of ways. Uh, and and I, and I want to acknowledge that. Uh, you know, imagine though if we'd had a presidential administration, a federal government, who six eight months ago knew that there was going to need to be a need for. Uh, an orderly, equitable rollout of an eventual vaccine when they were approved. What if they had started building the system out to do that then? But they were not interested in helping any of us in any way, shape, or form in the the, the last administration. They were more interested in making America great, Shannon. (laughs) Again. They did. Making it great again. Really bang up job. Yeah. But yeah, we didn't have that kind of like an administration that cared to licks to prepare for that kind of thing. Um, we, here's another thing that this brings up for me. What if we had a national healthcare system mm. where everybody was already connected to a health system in such a way that we could have done a rollout via that vehicle? Yeah. Also, you don't need to be connected. You just walk in. Exactly. That's what I, that's what I mean. But like, the, to if get, everyone gets it, you don't need to be registered. Right. But to get the word out and to schedule appointments and you know, like we, everybody can't just walk in right now. Obviously, right. That's why there's eligibility tiers. And, and we need to, you know, have it done in an orderly way that, that, is, that is equitable, right? But if, if we had people who were, if the entire population had healthcare and it was a centralized, you know, sort of like more centralized thing, you know, to begin with, I, I imagine that rolling out a vaccine in an orderly, equitable way would be a lot easier. Yeah, I mean, it would be like, getting anything to end, like getting a stimulus checks is easy because we have the USPS. Right. We, we already have the infrastructure in place to reach every single human being in America. Right. By right. law, they have to also. Right. You know? Right. Like that's an amazing thing about the USPS that maybe people don't realize is that, I forget the name of the mandate, but you know, in plain English, they have this mandate by law that if somebody lives in the country of America, the United States of America, the USPS has to serve them free of charge, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you live on the remotest mountaintop. <laughs> They've got to get you the mail yeah. or at least get it to the closest possible yeah. point to you. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, It's really amazing. Yeah. But and this- if you had a nationalized healthcare system mm-hmm. the same way that we have a nationalized mail system, mm-hmm. then we would also have that reach every last person infrastructure in place like you were saying. Exactly. Yeah, this this vaccine rollout really uh, just is, a, is it highlights the ways in which um, there are some folks in government who really don't care about government working for people. No, they (laughs) believe ideologically that it can't and shouldn't. And there are some people who are trying their darndest to actually do things with the government that benefits people's lives. And we could do so much better. We could have have nicer things. Uh, Hopefully we're we're making a turn toward that. We talked about that a bunch last week, so I'm not going to rehash, but mm-hmm. the, the vaccine process was uh, like, what, what a great feeling at like the end of that. I wanted to hug every single person <laughs> who was working at that event. But you can't because you're not immune yet. <laughs> exactly. But we'll go back in six weeks. We'll hug them all. 
Hey, you come here. Yeah, come here. Let me give you a big, big old hug. Yeah, you know, it, it, I didn't. We woke. We didn't wake up that morning thinking we were going to get vaccinated. No, you know, so, we didn't know about it until ninety minutes before it happened. Yeah, we heard about it for the first time ever in our lives at five fifty-two p.m. and at seven eighteen p.m. It was in our arms. That's mm-hmm. eighty-five minutes. And you know, I was. I we were prepared to wait a few more months. Happy to wait, honestly. Like, I felt happy to wait until my eligibility turn came up sure. and whatever. Uh, and that said, like, the fact that this this opportunity came up and we were able to be vaccinated, I I didn't expect how great it was going to feel. Like, yeah. it just felt like a massive relief yeah. to be on the path. And of course, we don't have full immunity yet. Nope. I think two weeks after our shot, we'll have something like... Um, between 80 and 90, depending yeah. on the person. And then we'll have our booster shot, you know, uh, a month from the first one. Um, and then we'll, uh, two weeks after that, we will have the maximum amount of immunity, mm-hmm. you know, in our systems, which is great. Um, uh, you know, so we're on, the, we're on the path. Just just the getting the shot and getting that, that ball rolling yeah. felt like such a huge relief. Just feeling like we were going to be soon at the end of this tunnel in, in terms of our personal health and safety. Yeah. What an incredible feeling. Um, and as far as the the side effects for us, uh, we've been do- trying to document these on online so people can see. But for me, uh, I had like two and a half days of a of my arm being sore where the injection happened mm-hmm. in my left arm. Me too. Uh, the day after, I felt um, intermittently a little like foggy, uh, draggy yeah. kind and of I feeling. I felt that the day after. Okay, two days after mm-hmm. you did day and a half, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, but that, but it was not, it was not debilitating in any way. Like nope. honestly, the 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 side effects for the first dose were pretty minimal. no big deal. Also, if they had been a huge deal, who cares? <laughs> exactly. It's so weird to me. I was reading just like this morning that like in a poll taken recently or whatever, the single biggest concern that people have about getting this vaccine is the side effects. No, it's like oh my gosh, it's so weird to me. It's like. Like, I don't even understand caring that much about side effects. Like, is everybody that much of a wimp? Well, and yeah, the side, like, I expect- Yeah, like, it might be painful. So what? Yeah, I know. I've I've heard anecdotes that the second dose of the Moderna vaccine, which is the one that we got, can take more of a toll. And that, like, I'll just plan on being useless for a couple of days, you know? Um, And that's fine. But, like, I, I can deal with that. I would much rather deal with symptoms that's that's mimic me mimicking me being sick mm-hmm. than me actually being sick with a virus that could damage my body and potentially take my life. Like, you know, it the, probably wouldn't take your life, but it could end your career. It, it was, yeah, I mean, it's a respiratory virus, and you're a singer. That's true. Yeah, but like, I, I mean, it is a potentially deadly virus, and there are plenty of young, healthy people who have succumbed to it sure you know so i i would not i would not be cocky and say oh i'll probably be fine you know i mean maybe statistically speaking that's true but 99 percent true yeah yeah i mean it's it's anyway my point (laughs) this is the part of the podcast people are saying bunks or microphones i gesticulated my microphone at least once an episode so sorry uh but my my point is like Let's take a couple of days of feeling a little bit icky, even if it's like a lot icky for a couple of days and it's being like fake sick for two days. Suck it up. Versus actually being vulnerable to this. Like it just doesn't make any sense to me at all that that no. would be a detriment. Like no. sign me up. I I will gladly sit on this couch <laughs> for two days and feel gross. Yeah. <laughs> if it means that I've got 
antibodies in my body that fight the real virus itself. So good. Yeah. Anyway. Right on. Uh, so, hey, uh, if anyone listening is like, you know, yeah, I also want to get an end of day shot. How do I get on this train? There are resources out there. If you live in the Seattle area, there's a group on Facebook called Seattle Vaccine Hunters. You can just look it up and request an invite or let me know and I'll invite you if we're connected. There are other crowdsourcing efforts also. Uh, mm. There's one called uh, Mr. B. Dr. B. Dr. B. That's right. Just Google Dr. B COVID shot. Dr. DR period B, the letter B. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's just basically kind of like a national waiting list. It's like what we're talking about, but they're endeavoring to do it on a larger scale. Uh, and you just basically get yourself put on a waiting list. And if there's end of day shots near you, they'll mm -hmm. let you know. Mm -hmm. I signed up for it. Uh, after having gotten vaccinated, mm -hmm. just so I could see what it was like and yeah. also take advantage of any info I got to pass on to my neighbors. Yeah. You know? uh, I haven't seen anything from it yet. Okay. And so I can't speak to its efficacy. Sure. It got written up in the New York Times, so everyone's all woo about it, but who knows if it's good. Right. They just wrote about it because they were the first people doing it. Sure. That's fine. There's a lot of localized crowdsourcing efforts. I don't know all of them because I'm not in every community, but- Look on your Facebook. Just like if you're curious about this, post to your Facebook. Hey, does any do we have a end of day COVID shot crowdsourcing thing happening in Milwaukee right. or wherever you live? Right. You know what I mean? I think a lot of communities do now. And also, if you know somebody who who needs to get a shot, who who hasn't been able to get an appointment or has been struggling with the system with the rollout, you know, but you know that they are maybe immunocompromised or they're in an uh, an underserved group that that really does need to get, or maybe they're an essential worker or you know whatever it is. You can help them yeah. as well. You know, like this is a way that we can help each other. Yep. Um, even though we've already gotten our dose one, we're trying our best to help other folks that we know who could benefit from this. Yep. So we have a line on a mass vax event in Pialop, the next town <laughs> over from us, uh, in two days. Well, it'll by the time the podcast comes out, it'll be tomorrow. It's Thursday, the eighteenth. Uh, same day Shannon's song comes out, very auspicious day. <laughs> and uh, it's a Pfizer, so people 16 plus can get it. So we're trying to get our neighbor's kid vaccinated. You know what I mean? Like you can help your community. You can, right. you can, you can do some of the work here and help us all get to this finish line faster. That's right. Yeah. So that's that. Nice. Yay, vaccines. Mm -hmm. Woo. Great job, everybody. So uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break here. And when we come back, we're going to tackle a fun song-based Listener question from Misfit Star Scott. Sounds good. We'll see you soon. Back in a sec. did some stuff in the break this time. <laughs> Shannon put some bread on to rise. It was very exciting. I played with my synthesizer for a moment. <laughs> Sometimes you just got a sound in your head. You're like, what if I could change this knob and make this sound better? Welcome to the world of Jamie Hill. <sighs> a little dorky, a little bit dorky. Yeah. So we're going to dive into a listener question from Scott Shriver. And Hi, speaking Scott. of listener questions, yes. if you are a member of Misfit Stars and you have a question or a topic that you'd like to hear us discuss on this podcast, you can suggest it. Any old time. You can message us uh, in the in the Misfit Stars social network if yep. you'd like to, or you can email us, jamie at misfitstars.com or shannon at misfitstars.com. Yeah. Uh, we would love to hear your question. So, so much. So Scott's question is this, and it's directed to Shannon, and he says, 
What situation in your life inspired the song The Reckoning? And this is a song from last year's record, And Her Whisper Becomes a a Storm. Is there a single thing? What is your reckoning, if you're willing to share? (gasps) I've been gripped by the song recently. How interesting. Yeah. You know, um, it's a gripping song. Then we'll I thanks. get that. Uh, so I think we should play the song. Yeah. Maybe first. Okay. And then we can discuss it because I think this is a pretty lyrics heavy question. Yeah. Uh, so you want to play it? All right, let's do it. Okay. One, two, three, four. Just kidding. We're not going to display this for you on Kazoo. Although, Jamie, well done. Thank on, you. On Kazoo. Yeah. yeah. No, in all seriousness, folks, <laughs> here's the actual recording of The Reckoning. We'll listen to it, then we'll talk about it. I recognize that melody. Yeah. From the Kazoo. Uh-huh. It's a Kazoo melody. Yeah. Like it isn't 
that recording. It's fun to hear that. Also, thank you for your impromptu kazoo solo. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I just wanted to restore the dignity of that part that was lost in the recording of that song. <laughs> You know? The dignity that was lost by there not being kazoo? Yeah, you know, just the majesty that a kazoo can impart to a piece of recorded music. Uh, like they like they always say. Yeah, the majesty of the kazoo. They say that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So uh, it was fun to hear that again. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, as to Scott's question, you know, one of the things he said in his question was that, is there, what is your reckoning, if you're willing to share, is there a single thing that inspired the song? And there, there's not really a single thing. And if you remember the, the album last year, And Her Whisper Becomes a Storm, was written sort of, uh, was written in order from one song to the last song on the album. And it was all sort of about the idea of doing the next right thing. Right. And so in that progression, the reckoning comes, there's the song, the reckoning mm -hmm. comes uh, right after uh, uh, it, it came, it, it comes right after, so my gosh. You need me to look it up, don't you? I do. You don't have any idea. I, I'm forgetting the titles of the songs. The song three was called Nowness. Nowness. Okay, so the now, <laughs> Nowness is the song we've about. Made, we've made a lot of records, people. We don't, we don't know. <laughs> I was having trouble remembering the name of the album this morning. I was like, what is it even called? <laughs> oh, to be fair, we recorded a dozen years ago in 2020. That's right. Uh, but Nowness is the song, you know, about getting getting still in the moment and listening for, you know, what it, what is the next right thing. And when you hear what that next thing is, just the very next step, you know, you don't, it's like driving a car at night. You don't have to, you can only see as far as the headlights, but you can make the whole trip that way, right? right. Like it's just the next thing that you that you know is, is what is true and right and good for you to do in whatever situation in your life, right? And then the reckoning comes right after that, which is, okay, now you've got this information, right? You, now you've heard the thing. That, you can't unhear it. That you can't unhear that you know is the, the good and true and right thing for you to do next. And, but, you, but you still have a choice, right? And the reckoning is sort of that moment of that choice. What am I going to do with this information? Am I going to tuck it back underneath the, the rug and ignore that I heard that and move on with my life? Or am I going to do something with this information? Am I going to make a choice to move in that direction? And, um, you know, for me, uh, the, that, that sort of, that, that instantaneous moment is a thing that plays out in my life all the time, mm -hmm. like it is, it is an all the time experience, and and this and the album from last year was not about any one particular experience in my life, but about sort of like the the many many hundreds and hundreds of experiences I have all the time, where I'm confronted when when I when I get still, I listen, I understand what it is, what it what is the true good right thing for me to do, and then yeah. I have to decide what I'm going to do with that. Um, so this is something that you know that that is a part of my life now, but it was not that 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 sort of progression of things, you know, of, of you know, getting to the reckoning moment yeah. in my life. It's not something that that uh, was always a part of my life, Mo mainly because I didn't really understand that I had agency in my own life for a long, long time. Right? You know that that it was even my choice to make. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. uh, or or that you know that I, that I could make these choices, or that I could be trusted with these choices. You know, and so even though this is not, the song itself is not based on any one particular event, I certainly drew uh, words for the lyrics 
from maybe one of my earliest moments of, of actually having a moment like this, you know, like one of the first times I realized that I did have the power to make choices in my life, <laughs> you know? Uh, and so that's, it, it, it does take me back to uh, my, my late twenties, early thirties, when I was sort of like in the crux of, I was in the, in the, in the crux of like total life transformation. You know, yeah. I had been through, Several years of a dawning realization that um, I was very unhappy. I was more than unhappy. I was depressed. Yeah. Uh, and and largely because of just entrenched codependent behavior that um, as it played out for me in my life meant that I just constantly needed to feed, feed this void in my heart and my soul that that craved attention and approval and affection from other people. And I the way that I figured out how to feed that monster in me was to manipulate others to give me affection, approval, and praise and all those things. Uh, and I could manipulate them to do that by just giving away parts of my identity, whatever I needed to do to please them, mm-hmm. right? Um, or to make them to make them give me what I needed and wanted. Uh, approval and affection. Yeah. And and in that process, I, I I mean, I got myself into a pretty low place because after many, many years, like I said, I it required me giving away parts of my identity in order to to feed the monster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I and I got to a place where I didn't know who the heck I was. Mm-hmm. I didn't know you were being different things for different people. Oh, all the time. Yeah. I didn't know what I wanted. I I mean, it sounds ridiculous. But I could not make the simplest decisions in my life. Like, here before me, I've got a red licorice and a black licorice. Which one do I want? I don't know. I don't know how to know what I want. Like You need someone to tell you what to want. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. Because that's how I had conditioned my, my own behavior. Um, you know, simple things like, you know, going out to eat. With friends, where do you want to go to eat for dinner? You know, I would I would defer, defer, defer. I never could make decisions for myself. Um, didn't know that I could. Was constantly afraid of doing it wrong mm-hmm. because I might displease somebody. And if I received rejection instead of affection, that was like it seemed like it was existential for me. Right. You know. Um. So during that time of my life, I. Uh, I reached a pretty low bottom of of feeling like everything was completely out of control um, in that state. I was very depressed. I had I got to a place where I I, I would spend hours in the afternoon um, lying on my couch, looking up out the window of the apartment that I lived in in Sacramento. Um, at this old oak tree, I can picture the scene in my, I could be there right now in my mind, mm-hmm. looking up at that oak tree and just wondering if maybe it would be better if I didn't go on living anymore. Mm. Um, I don't know why I'm getting emotional about this. I've talked, I talk about this all the time, but here I am getting a little mm-hmm. emotional. Uh, you know, I never made plans to end my life. It, it didn't, it didn't get to that point, but I, it was definitely, uh, a, a recurring thought for a for a, for a good bit of time. How long do you think? <laughs> you know, I don't remember. Mm. It was like that time of my life is such a fog that I'm not even sure I could identify how long that that lasted. Years, does that, does months. That make sense? Do you not oh, even know? Um, I, I guess probably to some degree, a couple of years. Wow. Yeah. That's a long time. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, here, coming and When you feel that way, a day is a long time. Yeah, it's true. Coming and going for over the course of a couple of years. Mm -hmm. Not not every day, but, you know. Uh, So, you know, but I I came to the realization, like... What brought me to the, the to the point of realization? I'm trying to really recall all of that. Um, I, I, the thing that saved my life was getting into 12 step recovery mm-hmm. and getting into a church basement where they were having CODA meetings, mm-hmm. Codependence Anonymous, and understanding that there was a lifeline out of this pit that I felt like I was in. That there were other people who were experiencing the same thing you were, so you weren't alone, and they could help you. Exactly, um, and. You know, I think I've talked about this on this podcast before too. Like part of part of uh, the experience I had in my CODA meetings was I was not the only person who was unable to identify my emotions. <laughs> you know, kind of a defining characteristic. <laughs> yeah, you know, like the same impulse that made it so that I couldn't make decisions about things is the same impulse that I couldn't define what I was feeling because I I had always I had learned how to give away my own identification of feelings to whatever whatever I needed to feel in any given moment to make somebody else happy with well, me. What do you want me to feel? Exactly. So, you know, being in that room and realizing I was not the only one, you know, and... Uh, uh, tell, so, tell them about the laminated sheet. Oh, God, yeah. At the beginning of every meeting, uh, they would pass around these... Uh, it wasn't even laminated. It was a stack of, of just, you know, copied... And just the same copies reused every week, you sure. know, but passed around the circle, uh, just a copy of a list of like, and there were like five columns of words and they were all just words that describe various emotions. And like part of our exercise, at the beginning of every meeting was to just go like, look over the list for inspiration and decide what it was that we were feeling that day. Wow. And it was like so, choosing off a menu. It was like, like what cho- do I feel? What's was the word for it? The hardest thing. To, wow. It was so hard to do um it was hard to do like I remember thinking in the moment like oh my gosh you mean I have the I have the right to decide I have the right to identify any of these words as being what I feel right now like I didn't even believe I had the right to do that wow and then actually when I realized I had the right to do it then actually doing it was very hard because I didn't have those pathways built in my brain but must have been pretty scary it was it was scary um, but you know, so so identifying emotions, making choices, being able to trust myself enough to 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 get still and listen for what was good and true and right for me was all just brand new mm-hmm. um, at that time in my life. And you know, in in that time period, one of the there were there were a few things that um, that became very apparent to me. That were that were big ticket items. You know, there there are a lot. There are always like lar- like a lot of smaller reckonings every day of my life, right? Sure. But at that period of time, you know, I because of the habits I'd been in and because of the 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 life choices I'd made and the relationships I was in and the just like the the rut I had you know grooved out for myself in my life. You know, that, that's where I was. There were some pretty big ticket items that needed to be addressed. Um. And I, in that process of beginning to listen to myself and to begin to listen for what was true for me, there were some pretty major things I, 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 I came to the realization where I, I heard the bell ring that here's some, here's some pretty big, big items that, that you know, if you're going to, if you're going to live authentically, if you're going to live in accordance to what you know to be true for yourself, here are some things that you're going to need to reckon with. Mm-hmm. Um, 
one of those things was my relationship with the the faith background that I was raised in, mm-hmm. and which I and in which I was still a, a very active and deep participant. Like your husband was a pastor. Yes. And the not other, me, to be clear. Yeah, it was, it, was a, it was not me. My first husband. And the other was my relationship with, with him. Yeah. And, um, and it, obviously there was some, some overlap with the, the faith question, <laughs> given that you know, he, he was a pastor uh, um, in a church. Um, but there were other issues in our relationship too that you know, where bells were ringing for me that I needed to, do, to address those things. Um, you know, and it was really scary. Like, you know, when I, when, I, when I drew upon that moment for some of the lyrics for this song, you know, I, I, can, I can put myself back into the feeling of, you know, here, I, I, know, I know these things to be true. I have heard these bells ring, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I do have a choice at this moment. I could just pretend I didn't hear them. <laughs> and- uh, A lot of people do that. And a lot, yeah, sure. And I, and I could continue to just go along the trajectory of me a lot, the, the trajectory of my life as I've been going and try to make it work. The problem with that for me in that moment is that I had just experienced year, a several year decline in my, in my emotional state that mm-hmm. left me gazing out the window wondering if I should be alive anymore. So I, like, I kind of knew that that was not really an option for me to just pretend I didn't hear right. <laughs> the bell. <laughs> you know, like I, I, I kind of had a pretty clear understanding that that just moving along with the trajectory of my life and and not doing anything about this would end up with me not doing well emotionally and maybe not surviving. Right. Mm-hmm. So so there was that. There was a pretty big motivator to actually reckon with these things. It's called finding a bottom. <laughs> yeah. You found your bottom. Yeah. And and so you know I and at the same time it, it, it was terrifying. It was terrifying the idea of actually having to confront these things because it it meant um, it meant it meant being v- uh, verbally honest, like mm-hmm. out- outwardly honest with my inner feelings, which is something that I had gotten really good at at hiding. I had had this two life existence for a long, long time where mm-hmm. there was my inner life that I could not ever show anybody, nor could I admit to having. And there was the outer life, which I was, you know, painted perfect for all to see so they could continue to give me the approval and praise I needed. Right. Right. So there was that I had to break that wall. That was terrifying for me personally. It would all it was also terrifying because I knew that that actually bringing these things out into the open and 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 making the choice to live in accordance with what I, or to act in accordance with with what I discovered to be true about me was going to disrupt some people's lives. You know, mm-hmm. like I knew it would have big ramifications for my ex-husband, of course, <laughs> and for the entire church that he led. Right. And for the friendships and for people in my family who, you know. Uh, Your intermingled family. Absolutely. I mean, it was, it was not something that I could take lightly because... Um, it had big, big ramifications for others, not just my for myself, you know? So that was terrifying also. Mm-hmm. So there was the, the really scary parts of it. And the flip side of all that is that there was also this really exciting part of it for me, contemplating this choice. Because I think I understood that on the other side of acting on this, these truths that I had heard mm-hmm. <laughs> was the possibility for life for me that would look and feel more alive than anything I had ever experienced. Right. And I really wanted that too. 
you know? Yeah. Um, so it was, it was terrifying and exciting all at the same time. And that moment of reckoning, it was, it, the moment of reckoning comes before the actual action, before the first step, right? The next song in the album that we wrote, that I wrote last year is this millisecond. And this millisecond is when you take That's that. That's not even true. That's not even oh, close sorry. to true. I'm so sorry. The next song is, is bending the atmosphere. When you That's s- also not true. What's the next song? It's an instrumental called Small Breath. Oh, okay, you're right. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you're off by three I'm songs. I'm getting it all wrong. Small Breath is an, a little interlude. It was, it, this, yeah. The, yeah, you're right. The Small Breath is... It's the, the gathering. It's, it's the getting your guts up. It's the moment after you've decided what you're going to do and you're reckoning before you speak it out loud for the first yeah. time. And so it's like stealing your nerve, maybe, is yeah. how I always thought of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It's the moment where you collect yourself. You're, you're absolutely like, I'm going right. to do this. Yeah. And, and then, then after that comes the first step in this millisecond. The nope. first after that comes bending the atmosphere. Oh, I'm sorry. Which is when you first speak it into existence. Yeah, no, I mentioned the speaking, so I was mm-hmm. I was going beyond that. But yeah, right. exactly. Um, so and then after that is this millisecond, <laughs> which is when you take that first step, like you lift up your foot are, and you're about to put it down somewhere little, different. Little tiny micro moments, right? Yeah. That sometimes happen all at one time. You know, but yeah. there's a lot of implications in those little micro moments. But my, 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 you know, the the drawing on those feelings from that big reckoning, it's not really all that different. I mean, it is different in terms of like the 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 the, the big ramifications. You know, like I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not at that kind of a size reckoning in my life right now. No, but I have these reckonings all the time. Yeah, you know, with with you know, smaller and bigger choices. Um, and I mean, I, like the decision to start our own social network came of that kind of a thing, you right. know? Like this uncomfortable realization that like where we were at with our relationship to Facebook was just no yeah. longer looking like it was going to be sustainable for mm-hmm. us. And then you sort of sit there in denial of that for a good long while. Like, well, that sucks. I have, have to do something <laughs> about that at some point. Yeah, yeah. But then at a certain point, you're like, well, I guess this is maybe when we start doing that. Right. And then you do it. Right. Right. And it's, it's a, like th- those kinds of things all the time, you know, uh, whether or not, to, you know, I remember a few years ago um, when it became apparent to me that I, I what, what, the, the bell that was ringing that was true and right and good was, Shannon, you need to be a bit more public and vocal about your support for social justice. Right. You know, that comes with a cost, a potential cost of people being offended or yeah. not liking you as much. And of course, that rings all those bells for me, my codependent tendencies. Scarcity, insecurity. Yeah. Fear of somehow becoming disconnected from a bunch of subpar people. <laughs> but you know, like when <laughs> oh, you're... That was, that was when, but, but when you... <laughs> Lightly judgy. When your uh, livelihood wrong, is, you know, is based on performing for people and you know like that was a real risk you know but like again a perceived risk actually we made our situation better it's absolutely true that's the thing oftentimes is not what happens at the moment of reckoning the perceived risk is so much bigger than the actual risk is and that and the other side of it the other side of that choice the 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 then gathering your courage, speaking it into existence and taking your first step leads you onto a path that is so much better. <laughs> yeah. And that's- The and that's perceived what, risk is often so much larger than the actual mm, risk when mm-hmm, you get right down to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, so that that's that's really what this song is about. You know, the, it's, it's, it's that little moment of choice and, it, and, it's, um, and it's only mine to make ever, always. 
or yours, maybe, listener. It's personal. Right. That's what I mean. You know, like it is, um, it's just up to me. And for somebody who spent so many years giving away her power <laughs> to others in order to fill the void of need mm-hmm. that she had, um, it's been quite a journey to figure out how to harness my own power, you know, and, and to know that whatever risk I'm taking is mine to take. Um, and I get to own whatever the outcome is, mm-hmm. you know, but it may, it, but it also makes me really want to hone in on the, the listening part that comes before that too, mm-hmm. because if I'm listening to my own bullshit, then I'm, <laughs> it's going to lead me down a path that's not going to be satisfying or good for me. Right. Right. But like, it, it's important to me to to really get into an honest place in the listening phase of things so that when it comes time to make this choice, I know I'm making it based on truth. Yeah. And not on any ways I've deceived myself. You or know. what your ego wants as yes. opposed to what you actually need. Oh my God, totally. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of people can get tripped up in their decision-making process right at that point. Mm. Not, you know, in an inability or a refusal or a discomfort, a, a, a like crippling discomfort in getting honest mm-hmm. with themselves. Because mm-hmm. if you can't get completely honest with yourself, you're not going to make good decisions. Because mm-hmm. if you are lying to yourself on the inputs to that decision-making mm-hmm. process, mm-hmm. then it's going to be a fundamentally flawed decision-making process. Exactly. And here's another piece of it too that I was thinking about. You know, I, I constantly, for most of my life prior to, um, well, I still deal with this to some degree. I have a I have a, a fear. It's no longer a crippling fear, but I have a fear of getting it wrong. Sure. You know? And even if I've been very what what I think has been very careful in my listening and like really paying attention and really getting down to the ego-free version of what's true. Yeah. <laughs> is it possible I could still get it wrong? Yeah. Yeah. But, but I is don't, that okay? But exactly. That is exactly it. If I get it wrong, it is not the end of the world. No. An earlier version of me would have, like, if I got it wrong, that's the end of it. That's, yeah. the, that's the end of me. My, my permanent reputation is destroyed. Yeah. Or, or I've ruined everything, right. you know? No, I can try again. Yeah, I was also raised in a household where it was not real kosher to be wrong. Mm. I mm. totally feel that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's the, the, the again, that, like that, that fear of being wrong is a, a, a greater fear than it actually is a reality. Same with the risk question, right? Um, yeah. So anyway, that's, that's kind of a, a summary of, of the reckoning. And, you know, it's those little choices. I, we did some really interesting work. Gosh, it was like a year and a half ago with our, our friend Holly, who is a, um, she's one of our misfit stars, but yep. she's also a, a dear friend and she is a, uh, <laughs> the timer is going off. The bread is done rising. I need to go put it in the oven. <laughs> That's very funny. Uh, but anyway, uh, the, our friend Holly, who's also a therapist and yeah. she does work in this, uh, this thing called the, the comprehensive resource model. Do you want to go get that timer? Nope. Okay. Oh, I think it'll stop on its own. I'm not sure. I don't think the timer does stop. I think it does maybe after, well, we'll see. after three times. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Anyway, um, <laughs> actually, you go try to shut it off. I'll talk about Holly. All right, CRM. <laughs> she does work in this, in this thing called the Comprehensive Resource Model. Uh, and she came, she, she came for a visit and, and walked us through um, a, a, a Comprehensive Resource Model session, which, you know, kind of 
gets into some uh, sort of like meditative like work. It's not hypnosis, um, but it's it's kind of it, it allows you to do some work sort of in a from a more subconscious place. And um, and at, when you're finished with one of these sessions, you end up with uh, with uh, having really received, I guess is the right word, um, a a sort of a key phrase um, uh, uh, for the work. And um, and at the end of, of the session that I did with Holly, the phrase that came to me during that, um, during the session was, okay. I, I don't know how to ha- do the stove. Oh my God, I'm Melvie Rice. <laughs> so Shannon is going to do the timer. She's on her way back. Uh, you were talking about uh, CRM, and you were talking about the, uh, yeah. the feeling you get. So the the phrase that I was sort of given, or, or re- that I received from my own subconscious mm-hmm. during the session with Holly uh, a year and a half or so ago was um, was I have agency, and uh, I think that that's probably a good sort of summary of what this song the reckoning is it is it's a moment of of acting on your agency you know yeah um and that's not something that's been a part of my life forever it is something that i have had to develop over the last 16 years you know yeah still working on it um but i'm grateful i'm grateful to have come to the place in my life where i know that i do have Agency. I do get to make these choices. Yeah. Big ones and small ones. I can do it. Um, I don't have to fear being wrong because I'll get to do it. I'll, I'll get to, I can give myself grace yeah. <laughs> to try again. You know, I don't have to be crippled by the risk. Um, and, and, and I, and I, and I get to enjoy the, uh, the joy of the other side of those choices that are true and good and right for me. Um, they've made my life so much richer. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all. That's all about the reckoning for me. Love it. Well, hey, thanks for sharing all of that. I imagine that was probably super helpful for a bunch of people to listen to. I, I'm, well, I'm happy to share my experience. Right on. Yeah. So people, thank you for being with us. As always, we are your grateful hosts, Shannon and Jamie. We would love for you to uh, be a part of our Misfit Stars community. You can join it. You can just go to misfitstars.com slash join and invite yourself into our inner circle. By doing so, you will be helping support the work that Shannon and I do in the world. This podcast, sure. Uh, the record we're currently making, that's all being made possible by the support that we're getting on an ongoing basis from our Misfit Stars community. Mm-hmm. We also do a whole bunch of education and mentorship and supporting other people mm-hmm. in their lives and in their work. Mm-hmm. You'll be supporting that too. If that sounds like a good deal to you, I think it is. We would love to have you be a part of it. So misfitstars.com slash join them. Thanks in advance for uh, those of you who decide this week that you would like to throw your lot in with ours. Yeah, thank you. And thank you uh, if you're listening still to the sound of my voice. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Yeah. Really is an honor that you would uh, that you would hang out with us for a while. Yeah, it's very much so. We've had an uptick in listenership over the last couple of weeks. We're approaching about a thousand uh, listeners a week, it seems like, which is weird to me. <laughs> Who are you? Thank you. Uh, who are you, people? How'd you, how'd you find out about us? <laughs> We're so 
curious and grateful that you listen to us. Yeah, thanks for doing that. Like, it's entirely probable that there are people listening right now to us who we don't even know. It's true. Which is weird. It is weird. It's great. It's the best thing. <laughs> but I'm just shoot, not used to that. Shoot us an email, hey? Tell us who you are. Seriously, like, if we, if we don't know you in person, just send an email to either Jamie or Shannon at MisfitStars.com or right. both. Yeah. And just introduce yourself. That would be great. Yeah. I love the idea of getting to know every single person who listens to your podcast. At a certain point, that would become unsustainable. It would, but... but it's, it's surely not there yet for no, us. No, we're not there yet. Yeah, for sure. Uh, thank you so much for hanging out. And yeah. we'll be back again next week. Uh, by the time we see you again next week, we'll have a new song out. We're going to talk about that. Wow. Very exciting. Um, but, you know, whatever happens is next week. Take good care of yourselves and be good to each other. Yeah, we love you guys. See you soon. Bye. Bye.